Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. Hey, Get Your Book Seen and Sold podcast listeners. I added a couple of goodies to my Substack account. If you would like to be a subscriber at the $50 a year level, you will get a fill-in-the-blank book marketing plan. And at the $100 level, you will get not only the book marketing plan, but also a half an hour consultation with me via Zoom. Sign up today. Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I'm your host, Claudine Wolk. With us today is Kathleen Schmidt. Kathleen has 25 plus years in the book publishing industry. She is president of her firm, KMSPR, which is a strategy, marketing, PR, and branding firm focusing on authors, publishers, and publishing adjacent entities. You can find her at her Substack, Publishing Confidential, at kathleenschmidt.substack.com. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Claudine. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I found your Substack because I searched in the search bar for book promotion, found you right Mm. away, and then got hooked on a uh, post that you did titled, What Publishing Can Learn from Barbie Oppenheimer and Confess Flat." (laughs) (laughs) so i loved it i loved it and i and i had and i I would say to the listeners it's must reading and kathleen's going to tell us all about her substack but it is must reading but also have a notebook beside you as you read her uh, substack because (laughs) she's got so many great resources information and also all the things that she likes which turned out to be all the things i like so i said we have to have her on (laughs) So tell us about your Substack and and what you offer for authors. Well, I um, you know, I left my last in-house job um, last June and took a few months to kind of recalibrate and think about what I wanted to do next. Um, I wasn't sure. Um, and by the holidays, um, I thought about starting my own firm. So as I started my business, I started thinking about what else I could do um, to kind of branch out. And I subscribed to a lot of Substacks. um, And I decided, well, I'm going to try to write one. I had tried to launch Publishing Confidential through MailChimp like seven years ago. And I couldn't really continue it because I was working for a publisher and I couldn't write the things I wanted to write. So I launched this um, and my I really didn't know what it was going to be when I launched it. So I knew I wanted to talk about publishing and I knew I wanted to be really honest and I wanted to demystify it um, for people because I think there's a hunger for that. Um, and I wasn't wrong. Um, you know, as I kept writing, uh, you know, each week, I thought about, okay, well, 
you know, a service I could provide by writing the Substack is talking about issues that come up in book publishing and specifically, you know, book publicity, marketing, um, sales, uh, and how the publishing industry functions at large with the rest of the entertainment industry and technology. So I bring a little bit of my, you know, MBA brain. I'm I'm almost done getting my MBA. I bring that into my writing when I talk about the business part of it. And then the rest of it really comes from all my experience in the industry. And the thing that I have always found myself doing when I was working in-house is explaining over and over again to authors how publishing works. So if I can write something that people can subscribe to um, and explain how publishing works, I think that's my contribution to trying to make things better for authors and hopefully better in the industry. Oh, amen to that. And and I'll <laughs> I'll second you. It is definitely needed. And I like that you make some of the current complicated issues palatable for the newbie or for someone who's, you know, just starting. The layperson, like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody, you know, everybody has ideas about what book publishing is and how it works. But unless you're really talking to somebody who has been in it for a long time, or you yourself have been in it for a long time, you really don't know because there are so many aspects to it and nuances. Um, You know, a lot of people assume things that are wrong. Um, You know, a lot of people take for word what they should be doing to promote a book. Um, And it's not, it's not that easy. It's very complex, actually. Yeah, I'll say for sure. And I love that you said that you you started your own business. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, the business helps, and I, from your um, information online in your Substack account, you say that it helps uh, author. It serves authors, publishers, and booksellers. And one of the words, one of the phrases that popped out at me was business strategy. And that's, I think, mm-hmm. when I meet authors and they're, you know, looking to publish their first book or maybe going back to other books that they've published and looking to, you know, do more promotion. Um, that's, boy, that's really difficult. So I'm, I'm curious, what do you, how do you start with authors who might be potential clients? I talk to them about, well, first I ask them when their book is coming out, because I won't take on clients that you know, come to me and say, I have a book coming out in two months. Um, That's way too little time. And it only sets myself and the author up for aggravation. Um, And I'm really honest about that up front. So if it's, you know, if it's enough time um, and I'm interested, I'll ask them, you know, to set up a call. And when we talk, I ask them what their goals are as a writer Um, where, you know, what do they want to see happen for themselves and the book? I also want to get a sense of how many books in they are. You know, is this your first book? Is your contract up with the publisher after this book? Because then it gives me a sense of what the priority should be. So if you're an author and you come to me and it's your second book with a publisher, the first book did just okay. This is your second and last book under contract with the publisher. And after this, 
they have the first option, which means that your agent has to send them your the manuscript first and they get to say yay or nay first. And then the agent can go shop it to other publishers. Um, it's important for me to know that because if the agent sends it, you know, ends up shopping it to different publishers, those publishers are going to look at that author's sales track record. And if they're hiring me on that second book, that means that that book really needs to sell so that publishers see that, you know, okay, the first book came out, say, during the pandemic. So, okay, we'll give that a pass. Second book came out summer of 2023. Didn't do great. It's much harder to get another book deal after that. Um, So I talked to them about that. And then, you know, I kind of give them my spiel about what I feel can happen for their book. So for instance, if, if an author comes to me and says, you know, I have a book coming out in four months, five months, and I want, I'm interested in your services just to get book reviews. I don't take that client because book reviews are really difficult to get. Um, I have a sense of what, you know, reviewers like, and I can tell you know, just by reading some pages, whether it's it's got a shot or not. Um, I would rather, and, and also, you know, trying to get reviews for books it isn't all that interesting to me. Um, <laughs> I get bored. <laughs> um, so, you know, what I do is I talk to them about podcasts, um, you know, other things and other things that they could be doing promotionally you know, for their book. And and then, you know, the other thing I want to do when I talk to authors is get a sense of what their publisher is doing for them. And, you know, it, it's hard because publishers give authors publicity and marketing plans that take up a lot of space on paper, but aren't all that meaningful to sales. And I don't, I try to be really careful when I talk to authors about this because I I've been on the other side of, of this and I know, you know, I know how that conversation goes. It's sort of like, well, let's, you know, let's do this, this, and this because that will make them happy. It's not like, Oh, we're going to do this, this, and this to sell books. It's more like we don't want the author or agent to complain. And that's really not a great way to go about things because it doesn't translate into sales. Um, so we come up, you know, with a list of goals and then I go back and think about it, read some pages and come, you know, come back to the author with a proposal of what I think can happen for the Mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's different than what the author thinks (laughs) can happen for a book. Um, I'm realistic, you know, I'm not negative. I'm realistic, you know? So if I say, you know, reviews are going to be really hard. It's it's not me being negative. It's me telling you the truth. Right. And that's a problem in book publishing sometimes because people are very scared to tell the truth. They, they're scared to let people down. Um, you know, they don't want to make it seem like they don't know what they're doing. So there's a lot going on there. Um, and my goal is just to you know, hold an author's hand through publication, tell them, you know, really what's up out there, you know, in the in book world, and 
work with them to, you know, to get the book to sell. And some of it, a little bit of it is maybe, you know, just exposure for the author, but I'm very sales oriented. So I am going to do the things for a book that I think will, will translate into sales. You said a whole lot there, like lots and lots of stuff. <laughs> so I want to go back. So how yep. long have you, you, you've worked as a publicist for a long time? I work, I, I've done a lot. I've, I've worked as a publicist, a literary agent, an associate publisher, um, marketing director, publicity director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've acquired, I've edited, um, I've ghostwritten a book. Uh, so I've been all, I've been through, you know, 360 of publishing. Yeah, that <laughs> explains all your Instagram followers. By the way, Kate can be found yeah. <laughs> on her Instagram. <laughs> And her many, many followers at Kath, K-A-T-H-M Schmidt. Very interesting stuff there. But, um, okay, so you've been a publicist. You've been in the industry. You've done a lot of different things. So you've Mm -hmm. worn many hats. Do you prefer a client who hasn't gotten their first book out yet and is coming to you two years in advance and saying, hey, I I need your help. Help me. Help me with a business strategy. Is Is that your dream author? have a dream author i i have you know people have come to me um and asked me that and i will ask to see you know what what shape their manuscript is in and i'll read you know as much as i can or as much as they'll show me and sometimes i go back and i say you don't need me yet what you need to do is keep working on your manuscript because that's really at the end of the day you're Publicists can only work with as good of a book as they have in front of them. So if someone comes to me way in advance before their book is acquired or before, you know, their book is published and I read pages and it's not like fine tuned yet. Um, and also, you know, th- this actually happened recently. I wasn't sure who the audience was for the book and neither was the writer. So I sent them back and I said, this is my advice. You know, um, you need to figure out who the audience for the book is, how you want to position yourself. You know, are you an expert? Are you an advocate? Are you, you know, what what do you want to be known for? Um, And then, you know, work on the manuscript and then come back to me. And we can talk. So that's one thing that can happen. Another thing that can happen is that, you know, it's just too far in advance. Um, I can only, you know, give counsel to authors where I know, you know, when the book is coming out um, and what the publisher is doing. So, when I do business strategy, it's more for independent publishers, organizations. Um, you know, when authors come to me, it's it's more about what can you do for me that my publisher is not going to do. Hmm. Yeah, and that's sometimes a difficult question to answer. Um, and I'm very, you know, I I love talking to authors. Um, they've you know, uh, I mean, that has been my life. That's been my whole career has been working with authors. So I understand where they're coming from. Um, 
especially, you know, be, having been a literary agent, that was very eye-opening to me. Uh, I knew what advances were like up to a certain up to a certain level. So I was more familiar with like advances that were say $50,000 and above. When I became an agent, it was shocking to me how low advances are. And it's because publishers, when you're a publicity director, publishers aren't gonna come to you and say, hey, I paid $10,000 for this book, make sure it you know, things happen for it. You don't hear that. What you hear is I paid seven figures for this book. Things have to happen for it. So I think, you know, a lot of books get acquired for very little money. Um, and I've written about this on my on the Substack. Author advances are very tricky. No one really knows what they're supposed to be, what they should be. It's very hard to put a price on a book that you don't know um, what what the performance of it will be like. So this is where profit and loss statements come in, P&Ls. Um, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's important to understand. Um, when editors are interested in acquiring a book, they have to run a P&L, profit and loss statement, to show the publisher. And what that means is that they calculate you know, how many copies they think will be printed, um, how many copies they think it will sell, at what price, what format, so hardcover, paperback, um, and give some comp titles. So titles that are similar to that one, not exactly the same, and what sales those titles had. And I, I you know, this was on very much on display during the Penguin Random House uh, Department of Justice trial. PLs are kind of mythical creatures. <laughs> <laughs> and book publishing has a very complicated relationship with numbers. So PLs kind of don't mean very much. And so that brings, you know, that brings up a lot of questions. So how do publishers decide what an advance should be for authors? Well, the answer is they don't even know. You know, um, they try to pay on, on some books, they try to pay less and make money off of it. Um, sometimes they pay very little and the book takes off. So there's a tremendous upside. But then that author leaves to get like a three million dollar book deal <laughs> because, you know, the first publisher was just basically a springboard. Um, so it's a very complicated equation. And look, you know, no one is going to get rich being an author. Most people, you know, even if I wrote a book right now, I would still have to work full time. So I, I think there, you know, there's this idea that, you know, uh, a big book advance will come and, you know, people can quit their day jobs. And, and that's so not the reality for most authors, you know, most fiction writers, that I've worked with have day jobs. They're they're professors. They're you know um, they work in other you know other maybe industry adjacent things or they're you know journalists or something you know. So it's it's difficult. And when a debut author comes to me, um, you know I I take a look at 
what, you know, what they've done in the past, if anything, you know, have they written articles before, you know, where have they been published, um, what their platform is like, um, and, and just what their publisher's doing and kind of assess it from there because debut books are really hard to break out. And sometimes your debut, um, your debut book is really your test market book to see if what you're writing is working or, you know, if you need to pivot somehow with it. And that, that could be, you know, the cover not working. It could be the format not working. Um, there are a lot of different elements involved and no one really knows, you know, what'll work and what won't work. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many books are published because there is not a formula that tells you, you know, this will be successful. You just look at what has been successful in the past and kind of think about it in those terms. But that's also dangerous because what was successful four years ago may not be successful now. Right. And that was a question I had, not to get too in the weeds, like you said. I mean, it's su such great information. But to understand how the publishing industry kind of works. But why would a publisher put money into a book to the tune of, you know, a, a $2,500 advance and then not, you know, spend any money on promotion for that book? Why, why do, why do, because are they maybe thinking, well, maybe it'll hit or, or they want to round out their catalog or, you know, what's the reason? They want to round out their catalog. Okay. And um, the other part of it is, you know, if it's a potential title that will backlist for them, meaning, you know, it will, after it's been out a year or two, it'll continue selling steadily, not bestseller caliber, but steadily. That's also something that, you know, gets assessed gotcha. um, when, when editors acquire books. But the other part of this is that, you know, publishers, big publishers, um, every, you know, financial quarter or, or year, they have to get a certain amount of billing. Um, so that means that they have to sell in a certain um, monetary amount of books that they publish to accounts every fiscal year. Um, and that it, it's a weird formula because it's not so much about the book selling once it's on Amazon or in independent bookstores or at Barnes and Noble or Target or something like that. It's about how many copies the publisher can sell to the retailer. And that's what the, that's the billing they need for the end of every year. Now it causes a problem because if you're only paying $2,500 or 5,000 in, in an advance and you don't put marketing money behind the book, it may not do anything. So it's kind of a catch 22. And then, but the thing is with that here, I don't want to say it's an advantage, but this is what publishers do. What they'll do is, you know, with a book like that, it's low stakes. So they didn't pay a lot for it. They're not going to get a ton of copies out, but it will contribute to their billing for the fiscal year. So they print very close to the bone. Um, say the bookstores or the bookstore orders and other retailer orders come in at like 1800 copies, right? That means that the publisher will probably print 
2,500 copies, 3,000 copies. That's very low stakes for a publisher. Um, and, you know, when I was working at Skyhorse as publicity director, it was a different story because they, you know, they and many other independent publishers don't do P&Ls. They don't have budgets. They don't have, you know, they don't operate under the same uh, rules, so to speak, um, as bigger publishers. Um, and <clears throat> there's something to be said about that because I've seen it work that you you don't necessarily have to have P&Ls. So it would be like, do you think this book will sell 3,000 copies? And I'll say, yes. Okay. <laughs> and we pay somebody like $2,000 to write it and see what happens. And there are plenty of people who are happy to take those deals. Um, and, you know, there, there, there could be an upside to it, you know? And sometimes when publishers, when indie publishers offer a smaller advance, they offer a higher royalty rate. Right. So it can work that way too. Um, but really for big publishers, books like that are all about what billing they could get for the end of the year. It's, it's, they're not looking for those books to be huge successes. You know, they're like, great. If something happens, that's great. You know, if it doesn't fine, you know, we have copies out there um, and we didn't pay a lot for it. We're not losing a lot of money, you know, if nothing happens, but this getting those copies out helps our billing for the end of the year. So that's how that works. That's a whole nother aspect <laughs> to publishing that I, I I did not know about. And that is the kind of information that you can get when you read Kathleen's uh, Substack, Publishing Confidential. Again, you can find that at kathleenschmidt.substack.com. Thank you for listening. I'll be posting part two of our interview with Kathleen Schmidt next week. See you then. You have been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Wolk. Thanks for listening, and remember to share and subscribe to my Substack, Get Your Book Seen and Sold, at claudinewalk.substack.com. With paid subscriptions, some less than $5 a month, you will have access to all of my resource-filled posts and podcasts, plus a fill-in-the-blank book marketing plan that you can download. At the highest subscription level, you will also get a 30-minute consult with me. When you are ready to make some decisions about your book, subscribe today and let's come up with a plan.